Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Megan, Rudo, AJ coming at you live. It finally happened. Oh, wait, this abs. <laughs> what? Uh, somebody wanted somebody else's pod. He was not here Did for Did we hockey. get the title wrong? Did it mess stuff up? Or are uh, we the abs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's hard to mess that one up. Uh, look, the Avalanche world has been waiting for almost two and a half months. <laughs> is this is this the latest? It feels really late. NH first NHL signing from uh, from the Avs in like forever. Because the this is the first this is the first UFA that, that they have signed. That wasn't an extension technically. This yeah. is the first UFA that they have signed that we know will be an NHL regular. It's a good point. All the others are, well, maybe Brad Hunt yeah. is a villain or even, whatever. Even, like, Bleed is, like, maybe he's the exactly. 13th forward. We're like, yeah. well, we have no idea about these guys, right? Like, Sedlak, we don't know, maybe. But Evan Rodriguez definitely will be a Colorado Avalanche, will definitely be on the NHL team, not a Colorado Eagle. Sorry. Even though he'd be great down there. No, they're too crowded. Um <laughs> But he was it a defenseman, was, <laughs> maybe. But Nachushkin was August nineteenth. Uh, yeah. So, so this is significantly. Yeah. Later. This is yeah. this is this is not even two weeks, two full weeks before training camp. This is less than two weeks. It, it's it's interesting because you get to that stage and usually it's PTOs. Yeah, as we've seen. All these other dudes out there signing PTOs. You know, the Calvin DeHans of the world, which that was a bummer. But of, of course. Can't win them all. Can't of course all. it was Carolina. <laughs> of course it was. Um, but no, the, uh, the the PTOs that have just been flying around the league. And then Evan Rodriguez is like, all right. I I mean, the, uh, oh, several days ago, it looked like he was headed to Anaheim where everybody was like, oh, he's a duck. And it was like, oh. All right, the Ducks just keep doing interesting things. They're an like interesting that. team this year. Yeah. Yeah, they keep doing this, keep doing that, and then the Avs were like, "Nah,", nah. <laughs> which makes you really wonder how long did the offer? How long was this offer out there from them? Sure. Um, did they throw this out in July one? And he ex- was like, we'll yeah, see. exactly." Like what? What kind of offers did he pass up to sign in Colorado? Yeah. Because really, for a guy like Rodriguez, who had a career year, age 29, has never signed a pro contract longer than two years. Never. This is a guy that you know was dying for some stability, some security, uh, some sort of validation that he is that guy. Yeah. Did not get it. And, okay, I can go and play for the Ducks, but if it goes sideways, what happens? How much did... His experience with the Sabres instruct him to stay away from a team like Anna in, in, in Anaheim. Sure. Whereas the one great year that he had, he blossomed in Pittsburgh. With a good team. With opportunity, yeah. with good players surrounding him. You know, his three most common line mates in the, with the Pens last year. Any idea? Nope. Kasperi Kapanen, Sidney Crosby, and Jake Gensel. Yeah, that feels pretty good. <laughs> feels pretty good. It's really hard to underperform. <laughs> that kind of talent around you. And that's the thing is that he is. I, so I wrote about it and really one of the few times that I'll say you really, really should go read that piece. Uh, it's not a typical, they have signed a guy piece. I really broke down kind of the conundrum that he presents because on paper, 
you say analytically, he was excellent last year. He drove play. He was great defensively. Uh, so analytically, checks the box. They have an obvious needed to see. He scored 43 points in 82 games last year. It's not great, but a 40-point guy. Something the Avs currently do not have sitting in that 2C option between Alex Newhook, Ben Myers, JT Comfer, zero 40-point players in that mix. Yep. So there's something. And 19 goals, a career high, and not on a career high shooting percentage. He shot 7.8% last year. So you're talking some level of sustainability there. Right. Man. And so you're saying, okay, where are the red flags here? What 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 is it that I'm worried about? Why? And I would say that what I'm worried about is probably why he was in the market as long as he was. Sure. And why teams were not willing to give him the deal. About a third of the shots on goal that he's had in his entire NHL career came this last year. He was 29th in the NHL. 29th in, in shots on goal. Yep. He had four fewer shots on goal than Nazem Kadri. And he shot 7.8%, which is the big thing coming out of Pittsburgh is that Penn's fans, Penn's people, reporters, whatever, will say, well, he couldn't finish. 7.8% is not that bad. It's pretty bad for a forward. Among, the, among the, every forward who had more than 200 shots on goal, only three players were worse. And two of those were, it was like 7.5. Sure. So they were just worse. We're talking like one shot worse. The only guy who was actually like worse, worse, then had 200 shots on goal was Mikhail Backlund, who shot 5%. 5%. This is also how I learned Phil Castle shot 4% last year. Because his name popped up on there. He decided to only pass last year. Yeah. Well, he had like 170 shots on goal, something like that. Did he he really? That man? Yeah, he had a decent chunk of shots on goal. He just couldn't score. (laughs) So anyway, uh, with Rodriguez, and when I say it's not out of the, the, the realm of his shooting percentage, his career, 7.6%. So, so him shooting 7.8. It's par for the course, yeah. Not such a, you know, not such a huge jump forward, but 19 goals. On, again, on paper, there's a lot to be excited about because this is a guy, his, his basic, the, the basic skill set is very, it's such a very, easy avalanche fit, which is why we connected the dots before free agency even opened and said, Evan Rodriguez sure would be a guy to keep an eye on for the avalanche. <laughs> uh, you know, he just the speed. Yeah. The stylistically, the, the, the way that he moves pucks, you look at uh, a the, the zone entry shooter like Nazem Kadri and a replacement for someone who plays that way. Exactly. A guy who, and, and a guy who Rodriguez, this is the first time he'd ever gotten any kind of consistent burn in the top six. And he had a career year. Now it's a career year in a role he's never had before. That was a year that he couldn't even sustain within the season itself. Sure. Pre-All-Star game, 15 goals. Post-All-Star game, four goals. Yep. He had 32 of his 43 points. In the first half, essentially. Yeah. Pre-All-Star game. Yeah. In the 40-some-odd games. I think it was 46 games before the All-Star break. So, and that's when Pittsburgh was hurt, and he was moved up in the lineup. Afterward, they got healthier. He moved down in the lineup. Naturally, but also his play warranted him moving down 
as he lost some of those opportunities, he could not sustain that level of play. So it's a complicated. Sure. The, all of the math involved here is a little complicated because you're saying this is a guy that he's a great fit. He's a great natural fit, but he only, he's only done it once. Can he do it again? Now the abs, I had the same questions about Arturi Lekkanen when the abs got him. Yep. Because he was in the midst of a career year and was he going to really keep this up? And yep. then his scoring pace was almost identical in Colorado during the regular and season. And was a baller in the playoffs. And yeah. then ticked up a little oh, yeah. during the postseason. Yep. So there's comfort there. But Lekkanen also brought, look, he, he's an ace PK guy. He's a great there four There are checker. other assets there, sure. There were other things that Lekkanen brought to the table. Uh with Rodriguez, you're talking about really a guy that's not going to provide a lot for you on special teams. Sure. He played on their power play. He played on the Penn's power play last year. Um, because of the injuries, he ended up with a, quite a bit of time. But that time was cut a lot as the year went on. Yeah. And was not a factor on the PK at all. Well, so I'm curious here because you've kind of shown both sides of the argument. Megan... Is there one side you're leaning more toward, or do you think it's it's kind of kind of be a, a middle area? I think it is a middle area, but it leans positive because of how it responds to the Avalanche's needs. Because the way I framed it in my mind is, can he be better than JT Comfer? And they profile very similarly, but he's like a JT Comfer if Comfer has proven with constant use in a middle top six role that he could hack it and that's where JT Comfer has struggled a bit this is something that Evan Rodriguez within the last season has been able to demonstrate that he can hack with more continued use at that role and I think that is going to at least be a safer bet than a Miko at 2C or even a new hook 2C at least it's an option and because of Rodriguez's versatility he can be used a number of different ways if that's not exactly where he lands, that I have more comfortability with this there. And you look at where the avalanche stood too. I think the fact that this was such a late signing is a testament to the comfortability that they had, that they didn't need to make any rash decisions and allowed the perfect fit to come to them. I even look at the Stasny and the Kessel contracts being kind of in the same range as this and I see the big brain thinking that happened here, that they were just waiting for something of a better fit to come along and come to them in a way. That's kind of how I view it as Rodriguez seeing the opportunity he has here to recreate something similar to what he had in Pittsburgh because he was elevated by the talent that was around him. And he'll have something like that in Colorado as well. So I, that's where I see that it could lean positive is some of those things that created his success last season will be there for him in Colorado to try again. Um, and, you know, he's definitely not Nazem Kadri. I think everybody recognizes... <laughs> Nazem Kadri is a Nazem Kadri. It's not a one-for-one one replacement. But it does Those respond. two could end up a lot closer in production this, this year, year than yeah, I agree. people would expect. I agree. I actually like that take because... Even Nazem Kadri had a career year coming to Colorado. His exactly. play was elevated. I think that something like that could happen with Rodriguez. If if Rodriguez has the same year, 43 points. Yep. 19 goals. Um, a 43-point 43 season. And Nazem Kadri has a... He goes back to the guy that he was before. Calgary will have paid $7 million for Nazem Kadri to be a 55-point player. And Colorado will have paid Evan Rodriguez $2 million to be a 43-point player. And this is 
which is where their yeah. their valuation bet was we can't spend seven million dollars it, because it's not just this year it's seven million dollars on nazem kadri moving forward indefinitely where yeah. where you expect decline and that's where you plan for decline but even in the one year window you you are getting a worse player in evan rodriguez sure. but the value could be so much better that when you're a cap team and you're chasing a stanley cup you need guys that will outperform contracts. You need a $2 million player to be a $4 million and player. You need a $4 million player to be a $6 million player. And that's where, with this Erod deal, I think it's it would be a unbelievable disaster of a season for Erod to not live up to the contract that he signed. Yeah, it, and it, that's it, the other aspect of this, is that stability and security that he was looking for. Colorado is that rare competitive team that could put him in a position. Yep. Because I've talked about Landeskog, McKinnon, and Nachushkin staying together. Sure. Starting to start the season, which opens you up with the Finns, with Lekkanen and Rantanen, and who in the middle. Now, with Rodriguez in the fold, you could start with Evan Rodriguez. Yep. You could start with Alex Newhook, which we've also talked about. The thing that... Rodriguez doesn't just walk in and, oh, your 2C job is fixed. Sure. It's just decided. Oh, it's done. It, there's definitely still a level of competition rotation there. There yeah. has to, there's going to be something that has to be earned. But what we've seen is that the floor of Rodriguez as a player is a guy that fits Colorado style anyway. Can help them if, say, Alex Newell just earns the job. Okay, well, then your third line is some combination of Ben Myers, Evan Rodriguez, and JT Comfer. Yep. It's a pretty annoying and speedy line for opposing teams to handle. And then you have this, like, goofy fourth line, like, old man retirement home thing <laughs> with Cogliano and Helm and and then like their Logan O'Connor vibe and along right with like them. their large angry adult they're, son they're and Logan O'Connor their spiritual child <laughs> yeah <laughs> cut from the same mold <laughs> like exactly like that's that's like even if even if Rodriguez does not walk in and solve the two C problem he makes that forward core better. Because that gives you one more proven NHL player. You're comfortable here. Uh, you're not. You're not having a Sonny Milano. Even his best year was. Eh. Well, that's that's. I think the great point is, it's a realistic expectation to ask Erod to be better than JT Comfer, and he's making two million dollars. So there's a big difference between these two guys because they're both right shot. Yep. Uh, they're both guys that have kind of moved between center and wing in their careers. Yep. Their teams can't quite figure out which one he really is full time. Sure. And that's where his value is, is that when you're not you one, no, it's versatility. When yeah. you're not one, you're both <laughs> yeah. in, in a team's eyes. So he is where, where he's going to separate is that analytically, He's great defensively, consistently in his career. He's been on the right side of things. Now, driving play, he's been more good than bad. 
The finishing of chances hasn't been great. He's not an incredible playmaker, but there's some of that there. Do you trust that with an with Arturi Lekkinen, who just well, got a five year deal, and and your nine million dollar all star right wing and Miko Ranton? Do you trust Evan Rodriguez to be able to handle that that line that responsibility sure. and keep that line moving, keep that line productive? Because if he can do that, two million dollars is a comical yeah, I, steal. It's it's an interesting spot because part of that role is, especially if they run a situation where Miko's on that line, you're a big portion of that guy's job is you're saying, hey, just don't hold this line back. That's the thing. Play through the guys. Yeah. Play through the talent. And I think that's where, as Megan had mentioned earlier, you're encouraged that he can do that because we saw him succeed playing through talent. I mentioned Kapanen. Yep. Crosby. Gensel. Those are pretty good hockey He's players. not a stranger to playing with that talent. Those know? are pretty good hockey. And when you go and you look, his wowies with those guys, Gensel and Crosby are a little bit better without him. Sure. But a guy like Kapanen was elevated a ton by playing next to Rodriguez. And Rodriguez on his own, very strong analytically. Well, And when you get into... When when you get into the micro stuff, how does he play the game? Where does his success come from? He's not a very physical player, but he plays hard. And he's so he's not a guy that will drift through games. Sure. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys that are very skilled, very good hockey players, but if they're not going that night, if it's not their night. The Mikhail Gregorenkos of the world. They can yeah. drift through games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jared Bednar has long called them passengers. Yep. And that's a thing that you don't have a huge concern with Rodriguez in being. It's not. It'll happen. But he's a guy that should be able to consistently elevate the bottom of that roster at very worst. Yeah. Like things don't work out. It's not a great fit. It's not going well for him. He's still going to be able to help them. And that's where that's where you look at and you say. It's not going to be hard for a guy to live up to a $2 million deal. Right. And I do want to talk more about that, but we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They have the Hoot Nanny coming up October 8th and 9th. Big bash of a party for their 32nd birthday. We are all passengers in life at times. No, I'm driving two buses. <laughs> Megan is anything but a passenger <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Uh, go on down to breckbrew.com for more info on the Hootenanny. You can also find their beer near you. Their location down in Littleton, the farmhouse, is dope. If you haven't been there, even if you're not going for the Hootenanny, just go check that place out if you're local. It's a super awesome place to just snack. Have you ever seen pictures and videos from previous iterations? I have. Dude, it. it looks crazy. Yeah. I was looking at it last night, and I was like, this is a really big party. They go all out, man. It's It's like... Bordering and, on like festival level stuff. Well, and anybody that's been to that location, that's been to the farmhouse, yeah. knows like it's such a great spot to have a really fun, yep, like night out. Uh, and the the area that they have out there, it's perfect for music like that. Yeah. So check it out again, breckbrew.com for more info. You can get tickets now. It, you're gonna want to go. Yeah, here's doing crazy stuff. But we are brought to you yeah. also by Athletic Greens. YouTube ads. Look, beer and athletic greens are perfect go-togethers. One of them is for the party, and one of them is to pick you up after the party. 
All right? Literally and figuratively. Yeah, both. Yeah. Uh, Athletic Greens, just one scoop of it every morning in your cup of water. You drink it. It gets you going. It helps boost your immune system. You can use it for pre-workout. It's got 75 different vitamins vitamins and minerals. Vitamins Probiotics, adaptogens, all sorts of good stuff in it that are just more intelligent than I am to actually know what they are. But they're super awesome. It's super great. I know Megan uses it every day. Jesse's all about it, too. So they're the healthy people on this beat <laughs> while I sit here and eat wings at the bar every day. So. Look, I had a banana for breakfast. Well, healthy day. Huh? Making changes. I had Reese's Puffs, so not quite the same level. I uh, love cereal. Oh, yeah? And I have to move. It's too much. There's too much sugar and too many cereals. <laughs> I have decided that. Got to cut it out. We're replacing cereals, cereal with eggs. Eggs are good, though. Not in milk, obviously. I'm yeah, not like. Got it. Putting them and then eating it like cereal. Just. Exactly. That face was perfect. Yes. <laughs> anyway, don't put milk on your eggs. Have some Athletic Greens at the start of the day instead. You can go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today to order yours. Uh, when you go over there, you get a year's supply of vitamin D with it as well as five travel packs. So whole bunch of good stuff for you. Take control of your health. Boost your immune system. Do all the good stuff with Athletic Greens. Again, this is athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I just love this wah bobblehead so much. The, the <laughs> ice that he stands on. I keep the clear at ice it. down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I want to get into this, this conversation. Is this a competition from day one of training camp? Is this really a go out and earn it? Or do you think this is Evan Rodriguez as two C and it's his position to lose? I would like it to be more of a competition. Yeah, right. I mean, I, <laughs> right? I, I see everyone in this scenario is highly motivated and would like for this to be a competition. Kay. But I just look at what I've seen from the Avs in the past and I could see this being like, there's a goalie tandem, but Georgiev's the starter. And there's a 2C position, but Evan Rodriguez is going to fill that role. Where it could be changed. He could be unseated. But I just don't know if it's as open a competition as I would like to see it be. I, I think it's also because you mentioned that they're motivated. It's important to note Rodriguez, Comfer, Newhook. Contract years. Yep. All three of them contract years. Now, the, the technically, Ben Myers too. Um, because the first bit. year of his yeah. ELC got burned, but, yeah. but like I'm, I'm not really seriously considering Myers for the two C job until we just see more of them. Um, but, have a thirty point season, yeah. in the NHL. I, like but I, mean, like, I don't want to see him fail. Right, for sure. But it's, it's like it, it just may not be a fair ask at this point. Right. Is what I'm saying. Where we're looking at the the three likeliest candidates here are Comfer, Rodriguez, and Newhook, and. That's that's where contract years for all three of them. But it's not just competition. It's these guys are all trying to get paid, and for two of these guys, they're UFA deals. So you know, New Hooks is like, oh, look, I'll, I'll be around next year. You know, yeah. I'm I'm fine. But those are guys that are trying to get, you know, for Comfer the next bit of security in his career. Um, 
you know, where before he begins his Blake Como esque journey through the league, journeyman style on yeah. on three year deals in free agency, like that's what Comfort's playing for this year. It's going into that, um, and then you know, uh, Rodriguez, as I mentioned, never signed a deal longer than two years, so that that's a guy that's playing for even just as simple as his NHL future. Right, he's thirty one. Like. It's it's not. It's funny because he's. You don't you don't think about him as like, he hasn't been around consistently enough, but he's been like a bit player for such a long time he now. He didn't really fully break in the league until he was twenty five, twenty six. Well, and so. and even then there was still it was like he's he's arrived with Buffalo and in, yeah. in, I think it was, uh, eighteen nineteen. I think. And then it was something like that. Yeah. And then, and then it was like, it was, he kind of, Oh, he he played 40 games. He played, Oh, he played 30 games and this and that guy's 29 years old. Yeah. Like he is, he's, he's playing to prove that he's a guy that you can give multiple years to and be comfortable because this last year teams went great. Do it again. And that's that's and he does it again, and then he him, makes four million next. Well, and him choosing play. Colorado, like maybe that sets up where the abs are just like, okay, like this worked out great. We'll be the ones to pay him. You know, maybe that's where they head is that they definitely just, could go. It's, that way, it's such yeah. a great fit that they do just decide, okay, we're good. But this is this is the kind of signing that there's a reason. The reaction around the NHL today was, God, come on, man. The rich get richer. Right. <laughs> like when the Ducks were going to sign Evan Rodriguez, everybody was like, oh, it's interesting. That's an interesting pickup for them. I like that. The Avs do it. And everybody's like, dude, could you somebody not? couldn't <laughs> have offered three million? Come on. Come on. Because they, you do see the underlying numbers. You do see where the Avalanche have found this exact profile of player found the Chushkin and Arturi Lekkinen uh, as, as recent examples that have gone very well. Um, but you can see where, and at $2 million, somebody in chat mentioned earlier, that's what Nico Sturm got this year in free agency. Nico Sturm got at two that year, one to two one, million. you've upgraded Tyson uh, Jost a level. year ago. Yeah. Tyson Jost got $2 million as an RFA and Evan Rodriguez has been quite a bit more productive than either of those guys. It, there's no argument here. This is just numbers. He's yeah. been a and significantly more productive not player. Even, like, not even Rodriguez's yeah. best year, but his second best year is better than the season yeah. that either of those guys by, have put up. By like a significant margin. <laughs> yeah. And so this is this is a guy that he could have gotten paid in free agency, and when he didn't, it, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm, the, abs, the abs get a, like a great deal. Right, like the Avs get a great deal here. There's very, very low risk. the uh, the uh, the The upside is pretty obvious. It's not like insanely They're, high. I think I think sixty points. If he gets sixty points, the Avs are defending. I'll yeah, I, I would say I would say the sixty points is is probably a pipe dream. But scoring the way that it was last year, like who knows, right? I, look, the the win here to me is if he gets fifty points, everybody slam dunk and high five and all the way around. Oh yeah. If he gets thirty points. You're cool. It's fine. He's yeah. not your two C, but he's still, he's still valuable. You'll still have to figure that part out. You'll still have to sure. figure out 
who is the 2C if he doesn't if he doesn't take that job? He hasn't answered that question. But again, it's not so much about being obsessed with who's the 2C? Who's the 2C? Who's the 2C? Mm-hmm. Remember the Avs got to the postseason last year and used lines they hadn't used the majority <laughs> of the year. They go into the Stanley Cup final. They win the Stanley Cup with lines that didn't it, exist for them in the regular the first season. Half of the cup, Kadri didn't play in. Like <laughs> you know, and and the you look at their line coming like that that we don't need to be so focused on who's the 2C, what the 2C this, 2C that. That is a fluid thing. Line combinations move around. There's the the really big win here is that for a very reasonable price that they could easily afford two million two million dollars right around two million dollars in cap space remaining and they spend two million dollars on a guy that just undeniably he fits what they do he fits their identity he he fits their style of play uh, and he's a guy eager to prove himself he's not a guy resting on laurels and you know getting fat on an eight year contract. This is a guy that's hungry. who has got to prove it. And Megan, it's just like... a, it's just a great fit for, yeah, I, for the abs. I like the way you teed it up because outside of the two C conversation, Andre Burakovsky's production will need to be replaced somewhere in the lineup. And that is something that if not to see Evan Rodriguez will at least be able to contribute in other ways that this resolves more than just one problem. It can be a, or it should be a solution to more than just yeah. one problem. And uh, I think we did touch on the versatility, but I think it's going a little undervalued here because yeah, uh, because for, we've been centered on the two C conversation. But yes, but it's, if Evan Rodriguez is playing well and Alex Newhook is breaking out, it's like great. Now you have multiple options. Now you can mix and match. Maybe you want to put Miko back on the top line. Maybe you want to create a hard shutdown third line with Val Nachushkin on it. You can do a whole lot of different things. Because I felt like one of the things the Avs kind of got stuck in a rut with last year was, okay, JT Comfer's our versatility guy. He moves around the entire lineup. He fits in any hole we end up having. If now, instead of, oh, it has to be JT Comfer, the conversation becomes, well, we could put Erod there. Now Comfer can stick on that third line. You can move New Hook around. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ben Myers is having a good stretch. Mm-hmm. It just... It gives you two JT Comper. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, it gives you it gives you like JT Comper, who's the bad analytics JT Comper, yeah. and then the good analytics. I would say I would say the guy that a lot of people think JT Comper is. That's a good way to put in, it. In yeah. Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Because uh the JT the big JT Comper fans out there either don't know or don't care that analytically he's been bad his entire career. Uh and that he regularly drags down every single line combination that he's on gets worse when he gets moved on to it. And this isn't even me saying he's a bad player. That's just facts of his career. He Numbers. Has, yeah. He has a, he has a place in the NHL. As we saw in the postseason. he's a valuable guy to have because that random week where he gets really hot, if it comes in the end of round two and the start of your, or, or all of the Western conference final, Great. <laughs> that is a great timing. <laughs> you are happy with that. So you've got, you know, you you have uh, a guy in Comfort that can do a lot. You have a guy in New Hook that you're expecting more from, but this is more cushion if there isn't more there. Yep. This is this is more 
you know, uh, and uh, look with with Ben Myers and Alex Newhook, you could say, oh well, the the positivity, the bright, you know, could be this. Ben Myers could be a total nothing at the NHL level. Like we don't think that's going to happen, but it's a possibility that he could yep. he could just be a nothing in the there's NHL. No, there's no track record yet. And sure. then there would have been you would have had no two C answer, and then you would have a problem on your third slash fourth line, kind of like whatever whatever it ends up being. Because uh, those lines are kind of interchangeable changeable for Bednar anyway, depending on game situation and how they play. Like, you know Darren Helm and Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor are going to be in games where they are ahead. Using as the third line. Sort like, of, yeah. they, you know that they're going to get more ice time when yeah. they're ahead than in games where they are chasing. Yep. You know, protecting leads, you know they're going to be like, Bednar's going to be like, mm, veterans. <laughs> like, I've got to play them. He'll probably put Comfort with those guys and replace LOC just so we can get even more veteraniness. Veteraniness. Yeah. I. It's I, a trait. It'll happen. I I know that it'll happen, but I'm just imagining like Jared Bednar needs to make a some kind of special sauce for cooking that's just called veterans. <laughs> All right, it's got dark. I'm not saying turn them into sauce, but like, what does the veteran sauce taste like? Is it, is it aged finely? A little musty? Soylent green. Sour cream? No, Soylent green. Soylent green. No, no, it doesn't have to be human. Darren Helm doesn't need to go into That's the wood weird, chipper Rito. after his career. Come on. All right. Forget it. We're moving on. We are brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go over to avaca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10 to get uh, your TV for the next three months for just 15 bucks a month and only 25 bucks a month after that. It's got Altitude. It's got AT&T Sportsnet. It's got the national channels. It's got NFL Network. Every major sport in the States, you're covered for the Colorado stuff at least. It's also got movie channels if you want to go watch some Soylent Green you're into that i won't question it it's got tv channels as well 60 channels in total including the dnvr channel so you can watch us right now on your tv through avaca tv if that's what you wanted to do jump on it today again avaca.tv slash colorado 10 just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month for tv indefinitely so way cheaper than your other options also brought to you by american raptors the rugby team down at infinity park in glendale it's Rugby Town USA. If you didn't know, the men's and women's 15 teams both practice at Infinity Park, which are the best teams in the country. So, How do we fit Rugby Town into the state of Hockey Town? Yeah, it gets tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, just at, at a certain point, if the Nuggets could do the thing, e- either one, Nuggets or Broncos, just one of them do the thing in the next couple of years, and at what point do we just come to State of Sports Town? State of Sports Town. I'm good with that. Let's that go. That's cool. Yeah. Yoki's just going to win a chip. We're going to so. need way more than Mount Rushmore. <laughs> like seven Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. It's just. It's going to be hard. <laughs> sure you're getting around the mountain. Just yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> just <laughs> it, 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 for your pikes. It's, how, is it 21 14ers? I think so. Something like 23 maybe? Each, each one. Yeah. Every 14er needs a face. It's good to go. The last one's just a DNBR, but we'll <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, go check out a game at Infinity Park in Glendale if you haven't been. You can go to American Raptors games. Go to AmericanRaptors.com and get tickets completely free. It's a great night out on the town. The park is amazing if you've never been to Infinity Park. It's beautiful. Go check it out. God, it's so nice. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Such a nice facility to just be like, yep, Sunday morning, like yep. 11 a.m. Vibing. Sun's right on top of you, and it's just like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Uh, you can also follow Colton Strickler and the, the DNVR Rugby account on Twitter if rugby is your jam. He's got 101 pods for new people and also is the best at getting everyone in that world to interview with him. <laughs> Enviable access, to yeah. say the least. He yeah. talks to everybody in the rugby scene, so go check out that stuff. Uh, all right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So, I think we're safely set with the Avs starting lineup, assuming health at this point now. Everyone kind of been sitting around waiting for the Avs to make one more move. You have your top 6D. You have your goalies. You, you pretty much have 12 forwards now, you know. Does Anton bleed slide into the lineup? Maybe, but yeah. So this is where you're getting your value out of Curtis McDermott. Yeah. Because you say, okay, we've got our 12 forwards that we like. We've got our six defensemen that we really like. And then we have Curtis McDermott. Yep. Who's 13 and seven. Right. But you're only paying him one contract. You're only paying him a million dollars. And he's both of those to be guys. Two roles. You. Yeah. And that's where, that's where you're saying, look, look for, as much as Curtis McDermott's value, I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Like, I, I agree. But it's but. this is this is a smart way to utilize your roster space. Uh, is that you get a guy that you're comfortable who will play, who can play both positions for you, in a pinch in case of uh, minor injury, illness, whatever. Uh, that's a guy. That's a guy that's there. And then. You do go down the road, you know, the, the, the other defensemen, you know, Brad Hunts, Jacob McDonald, you know, we'll, we'll see, whatever. Yeah. Um, my man, Danilo Zhravalov, going to surprise everybody and take <laughs> that job. So. I hope so. But, I, I mean. Make you, it a skeptical. I the, feel so bad. I have to change that. I don't have a great attitude about it. So, I. We'll see how the rookie I, showcase it's, helps. It's, I actually really like your take on it because AJ and I have been watching him for years in the KHL. And the KHL is a very different league than North America. He's come over to North America, and your impression of him there is, oh, this isn't good. He has not been good in North America. So it's it's a genuine concern that, that I will see which side comes out That's of it. That's where I'm at, is I really want to wait and see because I usually, every prospect endears themselves to me. So I want to give him <laughs> some time to actually play in games outside of Dev Camp. That's not fair to him. I'm going to wait. Very prospect mom of you, to but put it that way. I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> and and look, that's the reality of these Russian guys sometimes, especially defensemen. Sometimes they come over and look good, and sometimes they come over and get their doors blown off. It happens. So yeah, Andre Mirnov looked pretty competent for like four games, and then he looked was he was a total train wreck for yep. the other what six. Yep, it, it was, was not a, good. It was an intense experience because <laughs> it was only extremes. It yep, wasn't like there the was guy no came middle. in and you were like, oh, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even really notice him that much. <laughs> it was like real good and real bad. It was yep. like, oh my god, man. Yep. But I mean, getting back to this, I, I just think 
really uh their NHL lineup should be set and it yep. should be I mean you look at it and you like you like Rodriguez. You boy, if he could repeat last year, you would take that. And you you know, you want to smooth out a little more. You don't want fifteen goals early and then four goals late. Although he was good in the playoffs too. He had five points in that series against the Rangers. <laughs> the Rangers, yeah. Um but it was that's a that's a situation where you feel like we've got our roster. These are our guys. Well, this is what we're going in with. And then you are open to competition for you know between between Sedlak and Charles Udon and Anton Bleed and well the, uh, look Mikhail Maltsev and let's be Martin real Kaut and Jason Megna and Sampo uh, Ranta and Oscar well, Olsson and Jean-Luc Foodie and you know all these guys are in this huge cluster and, together. And that's at some point in the season unless you're the Calgary Flames of last year, at some point in the season you're going to play a game where you're down two or three forwards. So that's the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it's right. So true, like it's so true. You're going to miss guys throughout portions of the season, so any number of those guys you just listed are going to get opportunities to be in the lineup. Might be counting all of them. on it. Yeah, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, but which ones are you counting on? <laughs> Don't make me ask you to pick your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say all of them. Yeah, all that's, of that's them. <laughs> I was my mom's favorite. She didn't. She didn't. She she won't admit Ooh, it. But oh, yeah, you're the baby. Like, yeah. of course you're the favorite. Take that, Nick and Libby. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, my. Baby sister was absolutely the favorite too. There was never any doubt on that front. Uh, anyway, uh, it, going into this, I think another interesting conversation with it is: yes, they have addressed the two C spot to a certain level. You know, we talked about the competition, yeah. but they got them for two million dollars. They left themselves roughly two million dollars in cap space, and no doubt will do finagling things to accumulate more over the season. There could be, and if they don't, uh, if they don't use the extra defenseman, because that counts Andreas England on the right. Roster. So it's more like two and a half, yeah, two point seven. It would be whatever, like two point yeah. six million yeah. if they if they don't use that roster spot at all. Yep. So th- there's a good a portion of money there for them to have some flexibility. When it comes to deadline time, and that's and, a total reassessment based on where the team <laughs> is at that point. But an asset that they could use in a deal if they wanted to with a guy like with the one year deal, it's saying, an easy flip. Yeah. Where they, you know, and that's a case where you would say uh, they don't say say it hasn't worked out. Great. Sure, sure. Where you could say, okay, hey, we need a little bit of money going back the other way. You guys could take a look at him. With you know, in your organization, in your system, it has, hasn't gone the way we hoped. Like that, that, there would be a way that 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 guy could be involved in a deal that could help you get an asset that you either like or a draft pick or something. Yeah. Come deadline, if you wanted to do something like that, sure. So because he should be, he should be able to help you. Although the one downside of coming to Colorado is that there there is really no excuse. Yep, you got to perform. There's no, like, because if he goes to Anaheim and he's not very good, somebody's going to be like, yeah, but he was on Anaheim. <laughs> you know, like, anytime, any, <laughs> anytime somebody doesn't have a great year on a bad team, it's the team's yeah, fault. sure, I get you. Like, well, but J- 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 Gibson hasn't been good for but he's been on Anaheim. You're like, okay, we got it. Like, 
There's no Is that excuse. what I sound like to you? No. That's not <laughs> that's collectively what I think that YouTube chat sounds like sometimes. <laughs> AJ throwing it yeah. out there. Depending on depending on who's in it on any given day, that's what it sounds like to me. When it's <laughs> That it, it it's one of those like weird sports pet peeves that I have when people make excuses for players playing poorly on bad teams, where you're like, you know, part of the part of the reason that the team is bad is that guy played poorly, right? Like, come on, like the the Ducks would have been fine the last couple of years if John Gibson had been the John Gibson that everybody They're thinks he is. Pop off first. So throw <laughs> you're a little, believer. Throw some respect. They're about to go show out. Who the Ducks? Yeah. Okay. But speaking of the Ducks, I'm so excited for them to show out to seventh in their division Let's and, go. and pick sixth overall again. It's going to be a great year for them. It's go a good Ducks. segue for the Milano conversation and why a Milano, in my opinion, wasn't a good fit. And I still maintain that Rodriguez is the best of the options that were on the table. Dev, well, when you can, when you're comparing them, there's really. The the thing with Sonny Milano was that we talked about him at the start of free agency. Yeah. And the reason that we were kind of we kind of geared it down was because uh the like they didn't they don't need another guy to play the wall for them. They don't need an offense first kind of playmaking wing that's not Top six is full, bud. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Like it's like they, they just didn't they just didn't need that. And that's kind of his profile. Uh, and a guy like Rodriguez, there was a reason that we talked about him so much, is that his profile made sense. And as as things came into shape and guys signed elsewhere, it made less and less sense for a guy like Sonny Milano. Now, I'll say that, and they'll give the guy a PTO or something, and I'll be like, this is a great girl. But like for a PTO, like I, I have a hard time believing PTOs are ever a bad deal. Well, this... It's a, it's about expectations, right? You go out and sign yeah. a guy in the situation the ads were in with the holes in their lineup. If you sign Sonny Milano in the first week of free agency, you're like you're saying, okay, this guy's at very least going to be in the competition for a top six role, right? Well, there's an expectation when you prioritize. Yeah. Hey, we want to bring that guy in, right? Like you brought him in for for a reason. You brought him in seeing a clear job for him. Yep. A PTO, you're like, ah, hey, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Maybe he earns a bottom six role. And like, a lot of times PTOs are like what it was with Jack Johnson last year, where it was, let's just see if this guy's healthy. Yep. Because if he's if he's healthy, we like the player. Uh, same thing. Who was the for, the old forward last year that they cut? Oh, uh, Anisimov. PTO? Thank you. Uh, Artem Anisimov, you could see, wasn't healthy, couldn't move, didn't have it anymore. That's what a PTO was for. Yep. Is... Jack Johnson and Artem Anisimov were the exact the two examples of why, uh, of of why you give a PTO to a guy. Where you're like, give a PTO to a guy. He's, uh, you know, he's healthy. He looks fine. Okay, great. He's got he's got a role, and you know, it was a bigger role than any of us expected he would get. But they were also hurt all yeah, year. They played one regular season game yeah. with their proper top six, <laughs> full it six. Was, I should it was say. so ridiculous, man. Yeah. And then. You know, uh, Anisimov was clearly done and clearly washed to the point where it was like, look, no. Not just, all that different don't even than bother. the Jared Cowan PTO a couple of years ago. Jared that, Cowan yeah. PTO. There have been a couple over there. Curtis yeah. Kleincross had that PTO yeah, with the Amps yeah. where, you remember, he had scored, he'd had a couple of 20 goal seasons and it felt like half of them came against the Avs. <laughs> uh, and then he, the Avs on a PTO and it was and just it was like, like, this is Ugh. not, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the Avs have had, 
a lot of PTOs coming your uh, the Borks. They had yep. they had Rennie and Gabe in the same year. Jack yep. Skilly was another guy that was brought in on a PTO that that worked out. And there have been you know uh, um, Mazaros was a guy that they brought in on a PTO that just yeah that never really yeah yeah did not work out. Uh, Yuri Talusti could not pass his yeah that, physical. That was a weird one. That was a weird one because he didn't pass the physical, but he was listed on the roster. And when we asked where he was, Jared Jared Bednar just goes. Well, he didn't pass the yeah, physical, so. so, and we were like, "Okay, so is he going to try it again tomorrow?" And he was like, "No, he's just gone." <laughs> oh, is he dead then? Like, what, what the? What did were, you do to him? Did they do yeah, an autopsy? Like, <laughs> wasn't there a real punishment for not passing the physical? What the hell happened, dude? It was just, and then the next day he wasn't on the roster anymore, yep. and it was like, "Okay, oh, okay then." I hope he's not dead. Went into the veteran sauce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that was where the veteran sauce churn began. Yeah, it started with poor Harry Tolstoy, man. But no, like that's that's where you there is there are probably still some guys out there. Um, Blake Como uh, is retiring. He's done. Yeah, Um, I believe he's hurt still. So uh, I would be pretty surprised if he uh, signed anything. So it, Any, anyway, point is, is yeah. that this should finish them out. Uh, I still want to see a PTO or two because I think, those are, I think yeah. they're healthy for yeah. one, because you get a guy in there that's fighting for everything. Competition right. is never exactly. Bad. Yeah. And it, and it puts a little, it puts a little jolt into some of these guys um, where you're just like, Ooh, like, Okay, we, we're fighting for something here, you know. It could kick, it could kick a guy like a, a Myers or a New Hook into a different gear immediately to get them, you know. Hey, the, those guys need to be fighting from day one anyway. But you never know. You never know when a guy starts to feel like, hey, I made it. Uh, I'm comfortable here. Yeah. So that's um, yeah. Victor Rask could be exactly the kind of PTO I would look at. Although I don't know where that guy would fit. Uh, he's I, you know me. what? Maybe I'm, I haven't looked, but maybe he can win a face off because there's this one thing Evan Rodriguez isn't going to help you <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, it's not. He's a right it's... shot, but he's forty-seven percent in his career in two thousand faceoffs. It's very on brand. Yeah, like he plays plays the game really well, loses faceoffs. Well. That just fits the Avs brand. So yeah. It's fine. <laughs> the, the point being made is he doesn't need to win. You don't need to win a face-off. You can just go take the puck and skate down the ice with it. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I want to get speed. Megan's take on this a little bit because I'm curious where you balance the PTO versus opportunity for internal options. Yeah. <sighs> have kind of closed the door on internal options and it's just historically how I've seen the prospects used and it's I'm thinking in terms of making an opening night lineup it's not like they wouldn't be subject to call-ups throughout the season I still think that a window will be open so it's hard for me to imagine that being given to an AHL Eagles current player over a PTO guy if that PTO guy is a more established full-time NHLer I agree with you. I'm just curious. And I know there were injuries involved, but obviously they gave the time to Ranta last year. They gave the new hook 
the one game at least but i fear ranto as a cautionary tale i actually think that will influence why they wouldn't do that this year he's gonna be their face of why this is why we don't do this and i feel bad for everyone involved it was like jared bender went on twitter and was like you want a rookie you're gonna get a rookie rookie. and he's gonna play and then he's gonna play and then I'm not taking him out. <laughs> and then he plays 10 whole games. And then he was like, I made my point. <laughs> we just lost seven of those. Don't things. ever do this to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever say I never did this. AJ. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been critical of this for like, uh, of this about this organization yeah. for like 10 years. First pod we ever did together was about prospects. So. Remember when there were 30 of them to go through? Yeah, it was a different time. And we were still yeah. like, there's 30 of them, but they haven't graduated one since 2009. Well, and, and, and then it got complicated because yeah. it was like guys like JT Comfer and Nikita right. Zadorov. Who were prospects but came from outside the or Right, like they weren't like... drafted, but the Avs developed them. Yeah. And, uh, and then like Logan O'Connor happened. And yeah. so you're like, okay, so they could trade for, t- for prospects from other teams. They could sign undrafted guys and get an NHL player out of them, but they can't draft a guy with a top 50 pick. That's not in the first round somewhere between 30 and 60. They lose their ability to do this. <laughs> and then it was like Connor Timmons. Hoorah. And then injuries and trade. Well, and then, yeah. yeah. And then like, he finally started to turn the corner and you're like, damn it's damn it's yes, yes, yes. See ya. Enjoy Arizona. Oh, great. Another injury. It was like, yeah. oh, this is so stupid. He's cursed. He did. I Number think we're 18, in agreement man. that Myers is on the abs roster. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in the lineup. I think for he's the purpose the of chat, he's I'll, outside the discussion. All I will say is there is a 0% chance, zero, that the most sought-after <laughs> college free agent signed with a team that did not guarantee that he will be in the NHL at least to start the year. I think he's even confirmed as much, too, when like, he talks there about is coming yeah. here. No shot in hell... They gave him that deal, burned a year of the ELC, gave him bonus money in the last 10 games of the regular season to then turn around and be like, what do we play nice this time of year? <laughs> Maybe he's an eagle. Boy, Jason Magna makes you think. No, I can't handle so, this. So, yeah, no. Ben Myers, got ben Myers will make the team. 15 points in the first five games, maybe we're having this conversation. I see there but. is a tier. Like, there's a Maltov-Kout tier, and then there's younger prospects right beneath it. It really, it feels like Maltov and Kout are the yeah. two guys where you're like, these are the maybe. ones These are the guys that they, want. they yeah. should be in, like, first in line. Yep. Uh, not only not not only because of any any level of acumen, but those are your two best AHL players. Yep, that are like young at and, least forwards, and like yeah. translatable. Definitely not necessarily your two best. Like last year, it was like Dylan Sakura and Kiefer Sherwood. Yeah, but then they would get to the NHL, and you're like, they can't do anything Kiefer here. Sherwood yeah. is kind of terrible. <laughs> that one goal that he scored in LA was sick, though. That turnaround wobbler. <laughs> The best shot of yeah. all time. Yeah. Frankie's reaction on the bench. <laughs> Pure joy. Happy for his eagle son. Yeah. I feel like he, that's just like his existence. He's absolutely I think you're right. I think he's the just Eagles joyful. Dad. Yeah. Daddy eagle. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Every prospect eagle. mom needs a prospect Look, dad, even eagle. if it's a stepdad, all right? Eagle it's dad? fine. Like. <laughs> 
We've really gone off the rails. I'm just, the I'm just curious. Once we hit 50 minutes, the <laughs> show just goes. I just want to know what's like. We gotta. We need to ask Frankie his thoughts on this. Actually, I do want to clarify Eagle? the pronunciation of his last name because I have heard multiple iterations of it now. I gave up. I'm going back, but I maybe I can broach the conversation. I'm kidding. I won't be doing that. I, I, I asked him after his NHL debut. He's telling us all different things. Yeah, well, so I asked him after his NHL debut, and he goes, you can just call me Pavel. And I was like... <laughs> but I need to talk about you. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's the cutest answer I've ever heard. Stop being so freaking likable. <laughs> However... <laughs> I already know how to say Pavel. <laughs> okay. The pronunciation is either Pavel or Pavel. It doesn't really change a whole lot here. It's not Francoise to Francois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he told me, he told me Francois was fine. That's not a hard yes. So, but also like some of these guys also don't care. Yeah. Like because, Nico, yeah. yeah. Well, because Zadorov was always like, well, it's Zadorov. Yeah, that's an easy one, though. You can call me Zadorov. I don't care. Well, and with him, you just call him okay. Z, and it's like, you're fine. I can't do that anymore. Well, you got a different yeah. Z. Great yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. And Zadorov doesn't play here anymore, so you're yeah. fine. It's good. He used to, Zadorov used to heckle me so much about player grades. <laughs> really? Yeah, he used to. There, And then one day, I was under siege, man. <laughs> I walked in. I walked in. And it was a game they won, so they were all feeling good, right? Uh, and I walked in, and uh, Zads is like, AJ, why you give Tyson a D? Oh. And I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know why like I'm making him sound like he's Zangief or something, but... <laughs> Uh, he was like, "Why, like, why you give Tyson a D?" And and Barry like looks at me and he's like, "Yeah, man, I thought I thought I took care of my own zone pretty well." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, dude, you got crushed in shot metrics and you scored no points. That's your primary job." And he was like, "But I'm a defenseman." I was like, "You're an offensive defenseman." <laughs> and then Landy was like, "Oh, you're gonna tell him how to do his job?" And I was like, "You guys are telling me how to do my job." Bye. <laughs> Fight. And like Fight. it was, I was under siege. <laughs> it was such bullshit, man. Barry's it, been known to wrestle, from what I've heard. So uh, it was, it was messed up. I was like, come on. That <laughs> uh, yeah, just <laughs> memories. I wore the I, I wore my Islanders hat uh, to practice one day because I had gone somewhere. I used to, I'd never done. I'd made a point yeah. of never doing it. And then one day I was out. Uh, I did a bunch of errands, and went to practice, yeah. and had it on and forgot about it. Walked into the locker room, and Landis Cog was like, AJ, what are you doing? Why are you wearing an Islanders hat? <laughs> and Joel Coburn goes, I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> like a reporter covering a team wearing the hat of another team. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. And yep. then I don't remember who. Oh, I think it was. I think it was John Mitchell. That was sitting next to Joel Colburn. I think it was John. And was like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I've seen that either. <laughs> I was like, God damn, I'm Shit. such an unprofessional <laughs> idiot. Made sure to never do it again. And and that's when I started wearing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beanie. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, 
It was a good transition. So, but since we're off the rails, we can wrap it up here. <laughs> Look, we're getting back into locker rooms. As, yeah. as we found out in the last few days, we are expecting to get back into locker rooms and have like interactions like that again. And just certainly Jesse and I are very excited about it. We haven't addressed where Jesse is. The chat has asked several <laughs> times. Jesse's wherever he wants to be. Right yeah. Now. Jesse. Yeah. He's not at the veteran sauce. He's just right next now he's, door. He's making the veteran sauce. <laughs> right no, now. he's not. Cooking it up. I'm dispelling yeah. all rumors. He's just next door. <laughs> yeah, making the veteran sauce. <laughs> the bar has a big cauldron. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. He's he's chanting. Oh yeah. He's... There's definitely some sort of spell work being done. Absolutely. He's got crystals and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay. But for real. Final thoughts on Erod here. I mean, this is this is your classic uh, high value signing that if it if it works out in the best case scenario, it's a slam dunk. If it works out in the worst case scenario, it still probably isn't that big of a deal for you. There's like almost no realistic world in which it's like an F. Like the worst case scenario is that this is kind of this year's Ryan Murray deal. Yep. Where he gets hurt and isn't, it does not play a big role on the team and kind of just becomes a spectator to history. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like we had a conversation recently. Like, are the Avs done? Are we okay if they are? And I was of the thinking, sure, sure, that's fine with me. Yeah. And this is better, so I'm I'm at peace with it. I think it's better than the alternative I was previously okay with. So yeah. I like it. The very yeah binary way to look at it is did the abs make themselves better today and i think the answer is 90 percent probably yeah i think i think the answer is yes did they answer their biggest question is still a very much sure. tbd sure so we'll see we'll see about that part of it but i really i don't and at two million dollars there can't be any kind of an argument that a guy who scored 19 goals and 43 right, points right. is getting overpaid at two million dollars right. for sure uh so we'll see we'll see maybe the abs go some ptos who knows but at this point this week the abs are back on the ice at least they're rookies on thursday so yep. we will be hanging around fsc uh, on thursday yeah just to give people a heads up tomorrow um yeah i was gonna okay well, well i'll let you do it yeah so we promised a show about hockey culture, and it's going to be a serious show that we're going to talk about tomorrow. Um, I think it's something important to talk about and something we want to talk about, but I understand a lot of people come to this show and want it as an escape. If that's your thing, if you're not interested in that conversation, go ahead and skip tomorrow's show. If you want to have the conversation, which I think you should, if you want to hear about it, if you want to be a part of it, tune in tomorrow. Just no, we will be talking about Team Canada and the sexual assault situation going on there. We will be talking yeah. about... Trigger some... warnings all over the place yeah. for people. Absolutely. So there there will be some serious topics broached on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Just be aware of that. And then we'll get right back to talking about veteran sauce and all kinds of nonsense on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yep. And we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be transitioning into normal coverage for us. Yep. Which won't be normal this year because it's going to be a lot better. Well, but our normal is better than everybody else's, so that's what's up. Dunk on them. Uh, anyway, go Broncos tonight. Um, Seahawks fans. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Suck it is a good way to put it. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson. It's an exciting time. 
I uh, I did think this morning. I did laugh to myself. This is a thing that the Avs could have done any time in the last five weeks. They waited till Broncos game day to be like, "Hey, remember us? We're still the champs in this town. We still run this shit." <laughs> and then you know, things happen. The Broncos are like, "Are you serious? This is a Broncos town. It's, uh, it's football season, but yeah, back exa- it up. <laughs> exactly, exactly." <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all. Y'all were hungry for some Erod stuff. A lot of you today. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, or, or if not then, after that. We will see you on the next one.